calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, friend. Follow me. We're going somewhere dark, somewhere dangerous. Most people would never dare enter the place we are going. There's no telling what horrors we'll find, what terrors we'll uncover. Don't say I didn't warn you. We might discover terrible monsters lurking there. Be careful, they could follow you out. Or maybe they're already inside you. Are you afraid? Good. Now you are ready to enter the Warning Woods. Percy squinted through falling snow and the fat droplets it left on his windshield. There wasn't a ton of traffic, probably because most people had heeded the blizzard warning but occasionally a pair of taillights would appear up ahead and Percy would have to gauge whether or not he could safely pass them. The storm made the left lane more treacherous by the minute, but Percy's Honda CRV, with all-wheel drive, could handle it better than all the little sedans he kept passing. Percy's girlfriend, Brandy, white knuckle gripped his armrest. Twenty-three miles back he had joked that her hand would cramp and she had scolded him with her icy gray eyes. Brandy could be intense. Percy had no doubt if they had been traveling to visit his family, she would have forced him to turn around 50 miles back. Brandy's parents lived in Duluth, Minnesota, which doesn't look terribly far from Decorah, Iowa on a map, but on their first trip back, Percy and Brandy learned just how long of a drive it could be. The problem wasn't so much the distance itself, but rather the uninteresting terrain and frequency of delays such as road work, or in today's case, weather. The couple had made a deal that if the roads were too scary by the time they hit Minneapolis, they would pull off and find somewhere to wait it out. Unfortunately, the weather had held out until they were 15 miles past the city. In addition to poor visibility, a sporadic crosswind made it so Percy's sore hand could never relax. Babe, unless this lightens up soon, I don't think I can get us all the way to Duluth, Percy finally admitted when he saw a depressing mile marker. The drive beyond Minneapolis should have taken about two hours, but they had already been driving an hour and... 
There's still a hundred miles left and I'm going 45 max, Percy noted. Are you saying we still have two hours of this crap? Brandy asked in a tone which seemed to blame Percy for the long delay. Percy answered, At least. That's assuming the storm doesn't get worse and we don't get stuck somewhere. Well, you won't let that happen, Brandy stated matter-of-factly. No, of course not, babe. Only idiots decide to get stuck in blizzards. Brandy did not appreciate the sarcasm, but kept her response to herself. Percy was grateful for this. This snide, compassionless version of his girlfriend always came out when she was stressed. He had learned to tolerate it, because there was always an apology waiting at the other end of whatever situation they were in. What's that say? Brandy suddenly asked, leaning forward to peer through the dripping windshield. Percy saw it too. An orange Department of Transportation message board on the shoulder ahead was flashing urgent words. Road closed ahead. Take next exit. Oh, come on, Percy shouted, slamming the steering wheel. Calm down, Purse. That's not going to help, Brandy cooed. Percy compressed his anger, not allowing the choice words he had for Brandy to escape. It was her fault they were out here. He had no idea what would be waiting at the next exit and prayed for at least a nice convenience store with a decent cup of coffee. Or maybe a beer. They all had beer. A sign appeared informing them that the next exit went to Bunyan. Ever heard of it? Percy asked. Brandy said, I don't think so. I'll look it up. A minute later, she said, Oh, it's just a tiny little town. They noticed flashing blue and red lights ahead. Without them, Percy may have missed the exit ramp altogether. The lights belonged to a state trooper's vehicle parked on the left shoulder facing oncoming traffic. Percy assumed the trooper parked this way to allow himself to talk to motorists escaping the interstate. He slowed and rolled down his window. The trooper rolled his down as well, squinting against the wind under his wide-brimmed hat. "'You folks trying to get north?' the trooper asked over the howling wind. "'Duluth,' Percy answered. The trooper shook his head like he was disappointed in them for even dreaming such a thing. "'Sorry, there's no way you're getting up there today. 35's closed ahead for a bunch of accidents. There's a motel just a mile or so east of here in Bunyan, though.' Percy looked anxiously at Brandy, then back at the trooper. Are the highways any better than the interstate? Probably worse. Right. Okay, thanks. Both men rolled up their windows, and Percy slowly accelerated down the ramp. He said, Help me look for this motel. I hope we don't lose the whole night, but it would be nice to have somewhere to stretch out while we wait. When they arrived at the motel a few minutes later, they found its small parking lot packed. Apparently, they weren't the first travelers the trooper had directed there. Adults and children sat all over the small lobby and tiny concessions alcove. The teenager at the front desk had not expected everyone who left Minneapolis that day to be routed to her motel. She looked at Percy and Brandy with horror when they walked in. Sorry, we're all booked up. I see that, Percy sighed. How far is the next hotel or whatever? There isn't one, unless you want to get back on the interstate, she said. It's closed, Brandy stated impatiently. The teenager, with equal impatience, seasoned with sarcasm, said, I know. She explained that she was allowing people to camp out in the lobby until the storm let up, since there was nowhere else to go. 
Brandy noticed a slobbish father of three sitting next to his slovenly wife, grinning at her and staring. When their eyes briefly met, he did not look away ashamed, but rather smirked and narrowed his eyes. Brandy dragged Percy away from the desk. They sat in front of the Pepsi machine while she searched and found a single homestay listing just under two miles further east. The website said it was available. The homestay was a typical two-story farmhouse like you often see along gravel roads when driving through the country. It was white, so barely visible in the storm. Brandy hurried to the door while Percy retrieved their bags from the trunk. By the time he got to the porch, the owner had already opened the door to let them in. Thank you so much for letting us stay on short notice, Brandy was saying. The owner, a kindly woman of wizened age, said, Oh, I wouldn't dream of turning someone away in this. I've even called my friend who lives just down the street and she's going to pick me up to stay with her while you're here. I hope this frustrating situation can turn out to be a wonderful, unexpected getaway for you two. Ugh, you're so young. How long have you been married? Oh, we're not, Percy said as he finished wiping his shoes on the doormat. Oh. The owner made her disappointment obvious. Well... There are two bedrooms available to guests. Brandy thanked the woman over earnestly, then looked back and rolled her eyes at Percy. He repressed a grin. The woman looked at a nearby window. Ah, there's my friend. My name is Susan, and you may call my cell phone if there are any issues. Check out is at noon tomorrow, but just call me if you're still stuck here and we'll sort something out. Okay, thanks again so much, said Brandy. The woman shoved her feet into a pair of boots by the door and waddled into the snow. Brandy closed the door behind her. Percy let Brandy pick the bedroom for them and put their bags on the bed. They would have plenty of time to unpack later. He wanted to explore the house. The couple walked through it together, noticing clues about why the woman had seemed so offended by their marriage status. She had dozens of crosses and artwork of Jesus in every room. On her bookshelf, they counted no fewer than nine different Bibles, not counting two pocket-edition New Testaments. Susan's a real Jesus freak, Percy commented. Oh, stop that, Brandy scolded. Don't be disrespectful. Her faith obviously means a lot to her. Percy scoffed. Are you trying to disagree with everything I say today? He walked off. Next to the kitchen was a closed door. Percy tried opening it, but found it locked. He picked up the keys left for them on the kitchen counter and tried one, but it jammed and broke off inside. Percy's stomach wrenched. He showed Brandy and asked if they should call Susan. Brandy grew an uncomfortable expression and pulled out her phone. Oh God, I forgot about this or just skimmed over it, she said after some time looking at the screen. There's a note here on the listing. Rental is only for the first floor of the house. The second floor is strictly off-limits. Violators will be prosecuted for trespassing. I'll bet you this goes upstairs then, Percy said. A gust of wind vibrated the house, and all four corners groaned. Brandy went to a window and gasped at the enormous drifts forming. No way that lady's coming back through this, Percy said but we should try to get that key out so she doesn't think we were poking around when she does. Brandy said, We'll just be honest with her and say you hadn't read the fine print. 
I don't know. She said violators will be prosecuted. She seems pretty serious about it. But you didn't violate anything. You just made an honest mistake. It'll be fine. If you say so. But Brandy's thoughts frequently went back to the jammed lock as she unpacked her suitcase. She looked up at a painting of Jesus, which hung over the bed. She was sure he was supposed to look like a protective, watchful father, but instead he looked like a prison guard waiting for her to slip up. Jesus's flat eyes stared at her with disciplinary dourness. Brandy thought about how a person who would hang such a painting might feel about a violation of her rules. The Christians she had known before were all big sticklers for rules. Would Susan believe their true story about Percy's honest mix-up? Or would she let her preconceived notions about unwed bedsharers win? Hey, I've changed my mind, she finally told Percy, who was learning the TV remote in the living room. Let's try to fix that lock. You know, just in case she makes a big deal. Exactly what I'm thinking, Percy agreed. They found a small toolbox under the sink. When prying the broken key out didn't work, Percy set to opening the door so they could take the whole contraption apart and remove the jammed piece. Fortunately, there was a larger-than-normal gap between the door and frame. It looked like Susan had replaced the original door with one that did not perfectly fit the dimensions of her hundred-plus-year-old house. If you don't replace the whole frame and lock set when you replace a door, Percy said, grunting as he worked, the door won't be plumb, and the lock... The door popped. The sound echoed up the stairs behind it. The lock will be exposed for tampering, Percy finished. He stood triumphantly. Brandy ignored his cocky smile and instead looked through the door. The upstairs was overpopulated with shadows. Brandy guessed the curtains were closed on every window up there. She hadn't been able to see them through the storm when they arrived. It wasn't so hard to believe a person would curtain all their windows on a day like this, what to reduce the draft and such, but something about the shadows behind the locked door made Brandy uneasy. She wondered just why sweet Susan didn't want anyone going up there. Could you help? Percy interrupted her thoughts. He was trying to unscrew the doorknob, but the door kept swinging away from him. Brandy held it in place. In time... Percy detached the jammed knob. Brandy caught all the loose parts as Percy took the main piece to the table. Brandy slid the broken key into her pocket, intent on taking it with when they left and pretending to have lost it. Something thumped behind them on the stairs, and both turned sharply toward the sound. Brandy stumbled backward. It thumped again, and again. Something moved in the shadows up, then back down with another thump. Finally, a blue rubber ball with a big white star fell into the light. At the base of the stairs, it continued to bounce until it knocked against the toe of Percy's shoe and rolled into the kitchen. Hello? Percy called up the stairs. Brandy scolded him and slapped his chest. Well, somebody must have pushed it down the stairs, he complained. The couple waited in anxious silence, but all remained still and quiet in the darkness above. She's got all the windows covered, 
but I bet it's still pretty drafty up there, Brandy figured. Percy said, yeah, you're right. Big old house like this. You know, I remember my grandparents. He was interrupted by a soft, creeping noise from the top of the stairs. It sounded like if a baby rattle could whisper. It would have been easy to go to the stairs, look up, and see exactly what it was, but neither Percy nor Brandy could make themselves move. They were paralyzed next to the counter, forced to listen as the whispering rattle repeated once, twice, thrice. Brandy realized a baby rattle was close, but that it was a rattlesnake which the sound most resembled. She clutched her boyfriend's elbow. But what thunked into their view was neither a baby rattle nor a snake. It was a rusty, bent, slinky. It hopped the rest of the way down the stairs before coming to a stop at the bottom. That's not a draft, Percy whispered. They listened. Floorboards above them creaked, but the battered house was making sounds all over. If somebody's up there, please just talk to us. We really didn't mean to bother you, Brandy said. A musty smell hit them both at the same time. It must have wafted down and finally reached their noses. It smelled of old books and matted stuffed animals. It smelled of dust and cobwebs and mothballs. In other words, it smelled like some place which has not been opened or otherwise disturbed in quite some time. It did not smell like the sort of place in which a living person would be found. Let's try a little experiment, Percy said. Brandy saw he had picked up the blue ball and protested as he took it up the stairs one groaning step at a time. Percy reported that the staircase swayed a little every time the wind changed. Brandy thought of it like a spine twisting to compensate for the house's movement and keep it standing upright. Percy set the ball at the top of the stairs and steadied it. He blew gently to test how it might respond. It wiggled faintly, but otherwise remained still. Percy then descended much faster than he had gone up. Okay, he said, turning to face the steps once more. If somebody up there pushed that ball down, do it again. They waited. Maybe they don't want us to see them, Brandy suggested. I'm not turning my back on who or whatever's up there, Percy complained. But he copied her when she turned around anyway. At first, nothing happened. There were more sounds upstairs, but then there were sounds everywhere. Percy opened his mouth to speak, but before a single word manifested on his lips, the tubular thunking of the blue ball silenced him. Thunk. Thunk. Pat, 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 pat. The ball reflected off the slinky before coming to rest against Brandy's ankle. She shuddered. Babe, I tested it. There is no way a draft could have done that, whispered Percy. I know, Brandy replied. Her voice sounded shallow, like she couldn't swallow enough air to speak. Percy grabbed her hand in his own and slowly turned to face the stairs. He expected someone to be at the top, looking down on them. The ball roller obviously wanted their presence to be known. But the stairs and landing at the top were both empty to the eye. I should go look, Percy thought aloud. Brandy pivoted so she stood between him and the stairs. 
No way. We have no idea what's up there. Let's lock the door and just... Just what? We're stuck here. Look outside if you need a reminder. We're trapped, and I'd kinda like to know who's trapped with us. Then let's just call Susan and ask. And tell her we opened the door she specifically told us not to? And how? She's gonna want to know how we did it without the key. Brandy rolled her eyes. So what? What's she gonna do? Kick us out? What if she does? Percy asked, still whispering. On cue, a gust of wind delivered a powerful blow to the house's northern face, making everything, especially the shadowy stairs, pop and creak. Percy jostled Brandy aside. She shook her head furiously. Fine, she said, but I'm going with you. Maybe if there's two of us. She did not complete aloud this thought, which remained incomplete in her own head. Hand in hand, the couple went up. There were dated, button-style light switches at the bottom and top of the stairs, but the light bulb above the staircase had been removed, as had the bulbs above the landing and down the short, narrow hallway. There were more toys on the floor along the hallway. Trucks, stuffed animals, Lincoln Logs, all having obviously gone years without a child's touch. Dust coated their surfaces and was caked into their crevices, Cobwebs anchored them to the floorboards, filled the windows of the trucks, and gave the stuffed animals demonic wings and hideous veils. Hey, Brandy said, tossing away the blanket of silence. Have you noticed there isn't any Jesus stuff up here? Percy looked around. There wasn't really any decor to speak of on this floor, but considering the amount of Christian iconography downstairs, its absence here did seem strange. It's like she pretends this floor doesn't exist, Percy remarked. Even if we're not allowed up here, shouldn't she still have told us if someone else was staying in the house? Brandy asked. Percy didn't answer. He started to follow the trail of toys to the furthest room down the hall. Purse, I really don't like this, Brandy whimpered. You can wait downstairs. I won't be long. Brandy's clammy hand clenched tighter around Percy's, and she followed him. The musty smell the couple had caught wafting down the stairs grew stronger near the far room. Percy pushed the unlatched door gently, and it swung open. A pitiful amount of light penetrated the closed curtains. Blowing snow had caked against the window screen outside. It may as well have been night. Brandy instinctively pulled out her phone and used it as a flashlight. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. As Percy and Brandy entered the bedroom, they stepped through a portal into the past. What Brandy's light illuminated appeared to be a young boy's room from perhaps the 1940s or 50s. A line of toys pointed the way to a chest at the back of the room. Percy straightened himself and asked, Do you want us to play with you? Is that why you brought us up? A subtle knock from the back wall interrupted him. 
Brandy pressed herself against his trembling body. Did he make that sound? She asked. But before Percy answered, another knock did. Brandy swore and started to cry. Hi, I'm Percy, he introduced himself. He realized Brandy was not going to copy him and introduced her too. Then, did you bring us up here to play? Another knock, this one harder, more affirmative, answered. Okay, um, I know a game. Let's do one knock for yes and two for no. Sound, sound fun? Knock. Brandy pleaded, Percy, stop, you don't know what you're messing with. Ignoring her, Percy asked, did you roll that ball to us? Knock. And the slinky? Knock. Were you upset with us for opening the door downstairs? Knock, knock. Okay, Percy, this is too much. This is way too much. Brandy, I think it's some little kid's ghost, Percy said quietly. Think about it. That was two knocks, which means he's not upset with us. The only company he's had is Susan, if she even comes up here, and by the looks of it, she doesn't visit too often. I bet he's just lonely. Maybe that's why he got our attention with the ball. Knock. I don't know, Purse. I'm getting a weird feeling. I think we should go. Knock, knock. Percy pulled Brandy even closer. That knock had come quicker and sounded firmer than the rest. It sounded, although Percy did not want to admit it, angrier. If we stay, I'm opening the curtain, Brandy sniffled. I can't be in the dark while this is going on. Knock, knock. I don't think he wants you to, Percy translated. Yeah, obviously, Sherlock. To the spirit, she asked, What, would the light hurt you or something? Knock, knock. Okay, then why can't we open the curtains? Why are they all closed? Knock, 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 knock. The knocking now continuously beat the back wall in a perfect, even tempo. Brandy ran out of the room. Percy felt he had no choice but to follow. They continued hearing the knocks until they reached the dining area at the base of the stairs. Brandy let the bright white light from the windows wash over her. Percy said, Call me crazy, but I feel bad for the kid. I'd go back up, but my phone's almost dead and I don't want to waste the rest of the battery on the flashlight. Can I borrow yours? Brandy hugged her phone to her chest and turned her body to shield it from him. Mine's probably more dead than yours. All right, fine. There's a flashlight in the car. I'll go get it real quick. Just promise you'll tell me if anything happens when I'm gone. The plethora of possibilities that flashed in Brandy's mind when Percy said that almost prompted her to follow him out into the cold, but the howling wind convinced her otherwise. Besides, what if that little boy upstairs decided to play a fun prank and lock them out of the house when they were both outside? Brandy crossed her arms, folded inward, and said, Fine, but please hurry. Percy found their keys and pushed the front door open against the brutal wind and the small snowdrift which had piled on the porch. After he went through, the door slammed behind him, rattling the nearby windows. As the door's echo faded, Brandy never felt so alone. She wished she had gone into another room to wait for her boyfriend because now she felt scared to move even though she was standing right beside the stairs. 
She worried that if she turned even slightly in any direction, she might see a ghostly child in the corner of her eye. That would be the end for her. She would sleep in the car if she had to. She realized the door to the upstairs was within reach. Although they had not yet put the lock back together, she could still hold the door shut until Percy returned. This seemed prudent. Brandy closed her eyes tightly and pushed the door shut. When she felt it stop, she opened her eyes. But the door hadn't closed all the way. With squirming discomfort, Brandy saw it was still open about two inches even though she had felt it come against hard resistance. Had a toy gotten in the way, she wondered. Cautiously, she cracked the door open a little more and peeked around it. It did not appear anything should have blocked the door from closing. Just as she was about to try again, something moved at the top of the stairs. Instinct made her look. If she had had even half a second to think, she would have slammed the door and avoided it until Percy returned. But her base survival instincts drew her eyes to the top of the stairs to see what had moved. It was the blue ball. She didn't remember either of them taking it back upstairs, but there it sat. Now she began to close the door slowly. A boom shook the whole house, but this time it did not seem to be caused by the wind. Brandy shrieked as the blue ball launched from the top of the stairs and flew at her head. She fell backward, tripped, and landed brutally on her rear. The door swung wide open before her. At the top of the stairs stood a dark figure, cloaked in, or perhaps even made of, shadows. It appeared to be male, but was certainly not a child. He stood well over six feet tall and was incredibly thin. As Brandy struggled to reclaim the breath which had been knocked out of her, the shadow man took one step down. Brandy tried to kick the door and missed. Now entirely panicked, she rolled, pushed herself to her feet, and ran for the front door. Percy was just closing the car door when he heard Brandy's hysterical shouting, It's not a kid! It's not a kid! Percy, we need to get away from here! It's not a kid! Percy yelled, Go back inside! It's dangerous out here! He jumped through the drifting snow and met her halfway to the car. Now Brandy saw how hopeless their situation was. The back end of the car was mostly buried in a wide drift which appeared to wrap around the passenger side as well. There was absolutely no telling where the driveway was. Their own tracks, and that of the large tractor which had picked up Susan, had been totally erased. They were wholly and completely trapped. Trapped with whatever she had just seen creeping down the stairs. Percy led her back inside as Brandy explained what she had seen. The door to the stairs was still gaping open. Percy looked through it and announced he saw nothing. But Percy, he's there. I saw him, Brandy argued. They went back and forth like this for some time until Percy finally agreed to put the doorknob back together and lock it again. While he worked, Brandy took one of Susan's wooden crosses down from the wall and clutched it tightly to her chest. She even caught herself praying twice, something she hadn't done since grade school. What is she keeping up there? She asked Percy as he tested his work. 
After fixing the knob, he had locked it from the inside and shut the door. The door now stayed shut. The knob would not turn. That's what I was hoping to find out, Percy said. He had to admit something had felt different after they'd come back inside. That musty smell had been stronger, more present away from the stairs, too. But now, it was gone. The couple stayed in their selected bedroom for the rest of the night. Fortunately, their door also had a lock, which Brandy engaged as soon as they were safely inside and did not open again until the following morning. Percy managed to sleep for a few hours, but Brandy never even closed her eyes. Or so she thought. Brandy was awoken in daylight by the sound of a large engine gurgling near the house. She saw Percy at the foot of the bed, getting dressed in a hurry. I think Susan's back early, he said, seeing her awake. Somebody's knocking on the front door. Are you sure? Brandy asked. She pulled the covers up close to her chin. Um. Percy's eyes involuntarily flicked upward as his thoughts traveled upstairs, but he said, I'm pretty sure. Brandy hurried to change her clothes, but not before Percy was heading to the front door. She heard his voice and Susan's cheerful one mixing in the entryway. She snuck out of the room and, still unseen, dove into another bedroom where she messied up the bed and dropped her clothes from the previous day on the floor. She figured it couldn't hurt to stay as much on Susan's good side as possible. Brandy then made a big show out of leaving that room, stretching and yawning as she came out to greet their host. Oh, Brandy. It is Brandy, yes? Susan asked. She appeared to have slept wonderfully, and her cheeks were rosy from the cold. I was just telling Percy here that I'm sorry for coming so early. My friend was heading out to plow the roads in town. She has a contract to do that. And I wasn't sure when my next opportunity to escape might come. Oh no, that's fine, Brandy said. Um, I'm guessing we'll need to book another night. I'm not sure we'll stay the whole time, but I doubt we're getting out of here before noon, right? The last question was directed more at Percy, but Susan answered it. Oh, don't be silly. My friend's already plowed the driveway, and if you get out on the road before the snow drifts over it, I'd bet you could get to the interstate in ten minutes or so. Just drive carefully. Both Brandy and Percy sensed they were being politely evicted. Technically, they had the house until noon, but they were excited by the sudden chance to leave it behind. I'll tell you what, Susan said. I'll just make some coffee in the kitchen while you gather your things. I'm not trying to rush you out, she clearly was, but I don't want you to miss your chance. They thanked her and packed, the whole time waiting for an angry shriek or some other sign that their host had discovered their trespass. They brought their suitcases out and thanked Susan once more for her last-minute hospitality before hauling their belongings to the car and getting in. Thankfully, it started. Percy gave the engine a minute to warm up, then made a three-point turn in the freshly plowed driveway and started toward the road. They almost made it. In her side mirror, Brandy saw the front door open. She watched Susan run out without a coat, hat, or gloves. The woman was waving her arms wildly, attempting to flag them down. Oh, damn it. What if we forgot something? Percy asked. Brandy sighed. Percy stopped carefully and backed up. He rolled his window down and prepared for the worst. I? I? Susan stammered either from the cold or anger. 
it was impossible to tell. I have one rule that is clearly outlined in the rental agreement. One rule. Do you know what it is? Like a scolded child, Brandy replied, upstairs is off limits. You couldn't follow one rule, Susan spat. She tossed the two halves of the broken key into the car. As she dodged them, Brandy realized the pieces must have fallen out of her pocket when she dropped her clothes in the other bedroom. Percy admitted to the accident and explained why they opened the door. Did you? Did you go upstairs? Susan asked, as if afraid of the answer. Percy tried to answer tactfully, but Brandy practically screamed over him. What was up there? What are you hiding? She demanded. That is none of your business, Susan screamed back. You couldn't follow one rule. You have no idea what could have happened to you. You shouldn't ever play with... Why, I should report you both. I have all your information, you know. I'll be phoning the police the minute I get inside. You two had better hope... Hey! Percy stared straight ahead as he rolled his window up. He did not check to make sure Susan was clear of the car before he started driving, but accelerated slowly enough to give her ample time to move. Soon, the house and its frantic owner were in the rear view. Then they were gone. The couple progressed about 50 miles up the interstate before deciding it was still too dangerous to continue. They pulled off at the first exit with a hotel. After they checked in, they went up to their perfectly ordinary room. Brandy made the excellent point that future visitors of Susan's homestay should be warned about what they had experienced. She used the confirmation email to go to the listing, intending to leave an honest yet unbelievable review. Uh, Purse? Take a look at this, she said, forcing Percy to look up from his own phone. They were lying together on the bed, so Percy rolled to his side and laid his head on Brandy's shoulder to share her view of her screen. Unavailable? he asked. Already? We left, what, three hours ago? A little longer than that, but still. She took it down fast. I guess she doesn't want to risk anyone else sneaking upstairs like we did, Percy speculated. Brandy thought he was probably right. I guess it's for the best, she said. Think she actually called the cops? Percy thought, then said, No, a lady like that wants to be left alone, especially by the authorities. That's probably why she took the listing down so fast, before we could complain to the company or anything. I don't think she'd want to explain what she's got hiding upstairs. Brandy's breath tickled his nose. He rolled off of her and resumed scrolling. Brandy watched him, unable to grasp how he was able to shrug everything off so easily. Admittedly not wanting him to let it go, at least not yet, she said, I just wish she would have explained it to us. Percy looked back at her. Maybe she can't. I mean, there's obviously a story there, probably a long one, but sometimes, well, there are just some things in this world we can't understand. Some stories aren't meant for us, you know? Unamused, Brandy said, no, I don't. Percy smiled and jostled his way closer to her. Sometimes, he said, the only story that really matters is our own.
you made it out. Congratulations. If you enjoyed the story, please rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. Reviews are the best way to support the podcast and help it grow. The next best way is to buy merch from the warningwoods.myshopify.com. The link is also in the description below. If you want more creepy content, including the images that accompany each story, follow me on Instagram at the Warning Woods. If you feel ready, meet me here next week for another journey into the Warning Woods. Thank you for listening. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.